This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, I'm Olivia Kuei. And I'm Harianto Diman. Welcome to The Straits Times, the big story podcast where we analyse key issues with our journalists and guest experts. The COVID-19 pandemic is the toughest challenge Singapore has faced in decades. And as we transition to the virus becoming endemic, the challenge is to generate new growth, jobs and prosperity for the future. In his National Day Rally speech, Prime Minister Lee Sen Lung spoke about how Singapore intends to tackle some of the most difficult issues, both economic and social. Well, here to give us more insight into all these plans is Finance Minister Lawrence Wong, a very familiar face on our screens, now most often in his role as one of the co-chairs of the Multi-Ministry Task Force on COVID-19. But Minister, our focus today is not on rising case numbers and growing clusters, but looking ahead to how Singapore can emerge stronger from this pandemic. Minister, thank you so much for setting aside time to come on to the show. Let's talk broadly first, Minister. The measures PM announced in his National Day rally aim at bridging fault lines of income, nationality and race as well as religion. What is the government's end game in making these moves? Well, Harianto, I think it's important that we do not see these announcements in isolation. Mm. We've been thinking about these issues for some time and they form part of a broader agenda for the, t- for the government. We've said that we want to emerge stronger from COVID-19 and that applies not just to the economy but also to our society. In fact, earlier this year, I spoke at an IPS forum and I talked about how we want to strengthen our social support and safety nets. Uh, The pandemic has given us greater impetus to do this because we can see the stresses and strains on Singaporeans and we do not want to see permanent fault lines being created. And that's why uh, we have been thinking about this and we are making these moves and our aim is to emerge from this as a fairer and more equal and more just society. A society where every Singaporean will have a share in the nation's progress, where every Singaporean matters and will have a place in society, and where all of us are good stewards of the future, always thinking about how we can leave behind a better Singapore. So all of the moves that we have been making over the past year from um, the Singapore Green Plan to budget support measures and the latest announcements by the Prime Minister at the National Day Rally are with this aspiration in mind. If you ask what's the end game, the end game is to see a fairer, greener and more inclusive Singapore in the future. Minister, talking about the measures that uh, PM spoke, uh, some of the measures to lift a lot of uh, lower wage workers, like increasing their wages and workfare payouts, as well as providing transitional support for businesses, they will all come with a hefty bill for businesses and even government as well. How are we going to bear these costs? In the end, all of us will have to pay for it. I mean, whether it's government or businesses, in the end, all of us as Singaporeans have to pay for it. Because if we believe, and I'm I'm sure all of us do, that we want our lower wage workers to have a share in the fruits of Singapore's progress and to do better in life, then we must do our part to contribute to this outcome. We can't just talk about this. We have to make it happen. So businesses have to adjust. They will have to pay their lower wage workers more. The government will help them in this process. 
We are already planning to do this by expanding workfare to directly top up the incomes of workers. And we will work out a transition support package for businesses to help cushion the impact on business costs. We are working out the details and when we are ready, we will announce the package. At the same time, all of us as consumers, ultimately, we have to do our part and chip in. So when we go out to buy something, wherever it is, it may be a little bit pricier and we may have to pay a little more, but that will help benefit the wages of our lower wage workers directly. And I think that's something all of us should be prepared to do because in the end it speaks to our values, who we are, what we stand for and the kind of society we want to be, that everyone should matter and we should all move forward together as one people. And everyone has a part to play in that, Absolutely. Right? In, in achieving that. Minister, the measures to support lower wage workers will take time to see fruit. Some of the progressive wage model targets are set all the way to 2029. What sort of vision or goal should we expect in the new decade come 2030? Will our society see workers in lower wage professions being paid much better, respected even? Sure. The, in fact, we are not working off a blank slate. Yeah. We've been doing a lot of things in the past few years. We've been uh, putting in place workfare, progressive wage models across different sectors, and we are seeing tangible outcomes. So the latest announcements, the latest moves we are making will expand the progressive wage approach to the vast majority of lower wage workers, and we are doing it as fast as we can. Uh, in two years, we will implement this expansion of the progressive wage approach. So we are not holding back at all. We are moving as fast as we can, as fast as um, in, in terms of bringing consensus across all the stakeholders and implementing the measures with due dispatch. The, some of the targets you talked about, which go beyond the next two years, they, they are really there because with progressive wages, we are not just setting baseline wages. We are creating a wage ladder. And we want the incomes of lower wage workers to continue rising, not just doing one time, but continue rising, preferably faster than the incomes of median workers. So we want to see year after year substantial wage increments for our lower wage workers. And these increments ought to be in line with the increase in skills and productivity. So we are also investing in this area and all that takes time. But we will get there and we will see over time income gaps continuing to be reduced and you know, getting closer to our ideal of be becoming a fair and just society. But I should also say that uh, achieving this goes beyond incomes because at the end of the day, there will always be income differences across every job in Singapore, in any society for that matter. But the value of a job cannot be defined solely by income. It cannot be counted in dollars and cents. And we've seen this throughout the pandemic. The contributions of our frontline and essential workers are so important in helping us keep safe and fight the virus. So I hope you know, the moves that we are making will bring about not just a closing of the income gap, but a change in our mindsets too, that we truly value 
each individual for their contributions and their worth. Regardless of the job they do, we honour everyone and we give them the dignity and respect that each person deserves. And, and I think that goes a far longer way in, in enabling us to be more cohesive, to be more united and in moving forward together. Minister, so we've talked about you know, bridging incomes, we've talked about you know, um, the issue of you know, building a, a, a fair society, inclusive society for everybody. Just to round up our discussion for today, there was also some concern as to why climate change was not talked about when it's such an existential you know, issue. And, and you talked about you know, Green Plan briefly mm -hmm. as well just now. And this issue, you know, especially for the youth, uh, it is a pertinent issue what are your thoughts on this? Sure, it is a very important issue. But as I said just now, we shouldn't look at the speech in isolation. It's not possible for anyone's speech to cover everything. Yeah. Climate change is a very important issue for us. And that's why uh, not too long ago, we launched the Singapore Green Plan with very ambitious targets over the next 10 years uh, to push the frontiers of sustainable development. We are also reviewing the level and trajectory of our carbon tax, and we will announce that in the coming budget. So we are making a lot of significant changes in the next few years to reduce our emissions, but going beyond that to put us in a strong position to achieve net zero emissions as a country as soon as we can. That's a very ambitious goal. For Singapore because we are such a small little city-state and we have so few options in terms of renewable energy but we are determined to make that happen and so we are studying carefully how we might go about doing this but I should also perhaps make a broader point that everything the government does really is about serving and governing with the interest of Singaporeans at heart because the government is elected by the people and our mandate comes from the people. And so with that in mind, we will continue to review and update our policies continually. Nothing is cast in stone. Um, we are not constrained by legacy thinking or existing ways of doing things. Right? We will continue to review and see how we can do better. Sometimes people say, well, why are these things not done faster? Can we do things more quickly? But we should remember the issues we are dealing with are not easy. There are no silver bullets. There are no magic formulas. There are no instant answers. It would be easy to come up with sort of cosmetic changes just for political gestures or for symbolic effects and pretend that the problem is solved. But that's not how we do things in Singapore. That's not how the government operates. Instead, we have always been upfront with the challenges. We have been upfront with Singaporeans about the issues we have to deal with, deliberated carefully each time we have to deal with a challenge, and then work very hard to try and find the best way forward. And that's not easy. It requires a lot more hard work, but there is no substitute for this sort of painstaking work. It may seem slow at first, but in the end, I think we will achieve a lot more together. 
Minister, it's a pleasure to have you on our show and thank you so much for your insights as well as setting aside time once again of your busy schedule to come and uh, come on to our show. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.